0: Welcome to People's Church Radio Program. If you find this broadcast to be helpful, please let us know. You can call us at 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com. How many here have ever had a near-death experience? How about like this one, drowning? Anybody have a near drowning experience? I did, anybody else? Yeah, I see hands, yeah. I was about eight and stuff and yeah, one of those moments in time and somebody comes along at the right time and glad they did. Um, How many of you have had an accident and near death experience? Yeah, others raising hands all around the room, yeah. Uh, I had one of those too, it's getting scary. Uh, how about uh, how, how about you've had uh, a, a health? Uh, can we say a uh, risk that could have been your life? How many here had one of those? Okay, you see all over the room, we find out just how ne- necessarily mortal we are. Mortal, but planned for immortality. That's an amazing message when you start to think about it. And. In all of those situations, there were people that intervened into your situation for rescue, for rescue. And when we start talking about mission today, we're really talking about it in that light. But I want to draw it all the way around through everything we've covered in the previous weeks. So we've been talking really about all of the different calls that God has for us. The first one we talked about was the call that God said that I have made you to love you. You've been called to be loved by God. That is one of the the most incredible things out of the Christian faith that many people don't quite get. It amazes me that that we find it so hard with love to accept the fact that God loves you in an unconditional way and only asks for your response and only asks that you would receive that love. The salvation experience is receiving the help needed. The salvation experience is coming to terms with the reality of the condition of your own soul and the need of God. And that's why Jesus came and purchased. Sometimes I feel like every week I come here and I just ring a bell, you know? Same sound every week. And it, it's, it's like, sometimes, you know, I guess we could get big yawns about what we talk about when we talk about this subject. When my brothers played uh, hockey in town here for uh, goals, there were goalies, two of them, and one was a a centerman, and they played uh, for the College Wolves. They played also for the uh, uh, A's at that time who was the only uh, higher tiered hockey in in town. And uh, one of my sister-in-laws used to bring a cowbell to this game. yeah, yeah. You heard her. (laughs) You know, if if I was at one of their games, I want her on the other end of the row, and I want to be over on this end of the row. I don't want to hear this cowbell all night long, you know. The really funny part was when, I don't know if she really understood hockey, because there were times the cowbell was going for the wrong reason. Her husband was a goalie, uh, Byron. And so... They would, you know, she'd be ringing the bell and maybe he just got scored on, you know. <laughs> maybe they had a fight that day, I have no idea. Making a point, there's my wife's cowbell going up there. We can get bored, you know, with those kind of repeated things. And this is the concern with the Christian message is that it's such good news that we can lose and forget the impact of it. And we just saw some wonderful Baptisms. The idea of though losing that connection with the amazing grace and power of God. This whole story starts with why you're made. To literally be loved. Now, it's risky to love, but it's also risky to allow yourself to be loved. Because you are going to become vulnerable. You're going to trust the person's love that's given to you. And Jesus, is the only one that has gone to a cross for you. Carried the weight of every part of the sin that disconnected you from his father. And placed you into a, an eternal position of life that in his own family that he is building. So this was the first call. And then we moved to the call to belong. This idea of belonging again, if you'll notice, we go through each and every one of these bases that there's a vulnerability built into them. There's risk. The call to belong is something though that is core to a basic need in your life. You actually need others. You, it's, not, it's not an optional thing in life. That's they used to do solitary confinement and uh, that was to be punishment that you were totally disconnected and put in the dark and fed through a wall and it was horrible experience. The idea of connection though, for many people is a big struggle, but you are called to it. You're wired for it, you're created for it. And, and there's a lot of times we just get messed up in our own stuff, and our own fears, and our own insecurities, and in our own prides, and we allow them to strengthen disconnection from others. In that kind of condition, many things that you don't want growing in the garden of your life will grow, and they will grow very, very well. Sometimes all the things all the wrong things are flourishing because you don't understand the basic need that we're created for, the call of God upon our life. They were called to become. You see, in you is also this great desire for growth. Um, the brain is wired to be wired. It is, it is meant to learn. It is a great gift that God has given you with the ability to learn and discover and to become a source of growth. One of the things that uh, when we've, through the years that that I've noticed within church communities all around uh, the world, basically, but largely in North America, is how the church communities can become such consumers. And around the world, this is not quite the norm because needs seem to really push them into belonging and becoming. They, They just have more motivation for that. You can be much more independent rather than interdependent in our own culture. And I've seen where, for instance, the thing that we're going to talk today about mission is somehow disconnected from discipleship. And we've invented a new form of discipleship. We have, in our culture, we have invented a new form of discipleship in following Jesus, in a disciplined response to his call. Is that... We will love to do the first ones. We will do that. We will belong together. We will form our, our cozy clubs. We will build knowledge because we get a thirst for knowledge. And we will even do the third, which is for us to bless. In which we would use gifts and talents to serve each other in the body and make the body of the church strong. But it's this fourth one that gets cut out of churches, and, they, and, and, criti- and the criticalness that goes towards churches that will go after the fourth one and say, we need to be out there sharing the good news of Jesus. You think the greatest pushback from that would come from our society. It doesn't. It comes from within the church world itself with an arrogance attached to a discipleship that stops at any one of the previous bases. How can we be a disciple and not fulfill the great commission. How can we be a discipling church and build disciples without the call to finish the basis, to respond to this final call that the Lord put out? Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I'm going to take you and win the world. This is where this very sick form of Christian discipleship has rooted itself within many Christian communities. As if somehow we are here for ourselves. You know, when you became a Christian, if the Lord wanted to at that time, anybody that received Christ really theologically, the work is already done. You are saved, forgiven, grace is there, you have no penance to do, you have have nothing in that department to finish the work of Christ, it's done. You could have been translated immediately to heaven, so why does he leave us here? Why are we here? You know, you can do all of the first three bases in heaven. You're going to have great koinonia or fellowship or belonging. First base. Second base. You're going to go on learning, and it's going to be the most amazing experience of of exponential wisdom and learning as you experience eternity with the Lord. Third base, you're going to serve one another because you're part of the body. You're still going to be connected. You're going to have this beautiful service and celebration together. You can do it all. You can't do home base. Mission is over. Mission's over when God takes you home. Mission's over when time winds up. Mission is done. Jesus said, I have you here to be salt and light in the world. Salt is a preservative. Salt means that, boy, if he didn't leave Christians, with that saltiness in their life, to literally stop decay, to to, to bring the plan and the love of God into the world, which is then the light of God into the darkness. You and I are called to this base because he wants us to be salt and light. This base makes us quite uncomfortable, though, and we move away from it, and then we compete to see who can do the first three bases better than anybody else. Brent talked about baseball at the beginning, the idea of taking home base out of the game. Think about hockey. Take the net out. There's no, there's no score Wouldn't matter to Brent the way he plays. He can't score anyway, but. (laughs) Take it out of anything. Take the objective out of anything. Take the objective of profit out of business. You don't have a business. You have no purpose to exist. Tomorrow, when you get into your vehicle and you get behind the wheel, is it just gonna be, oh, I just feel like driving today. So I'm going for a drive. What is your destination? Well, I decided I really don't have a destination today. If you get one of those days, go and enjoy it, but it's not your life. Because tomorrow, when you get in your vehicle, you are gonna have a destination. Take destination out of anything in life. Take objective out of anything in life, and you take the purpose of everything that came before it. And that's the way it is with mission, and Christian faith, and Christian discipleship. You cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ without this base. Don't come at me with that kind of discipleship, because that you are nothing but a consumer. You are a shopper. You are not interested in his objectives. He sent, he said, I am sending you into the entire world. I'm gonna be sending you into Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the outermost parts of the globe. You're going. So how much stronger can he make it? Well then he calls these men and women of the first century to be the seed of the church. And the seed of the church has always been the blood of those that went into the regions and the parts of this world where their cost, there was their life. They went and they spread the gospel. They took the abuse. They, they, They took the news. What was behind that? Everything about their fellowship they had was to support doing that. Everything they had about what they were learning and growing in maturity was to make it stronger so that they could actually reach the objectives. And in the serving of one another, they did it for the health of each other and the body which would reach out to the world and fulfill what Jesus came to do. In fact, without this base, you are nullifying the work of Christ Jesus said I came to save sinners I am one of those saved sinners Somebody came along and intersected my family line and brought the gospel of Jesus Christ Somebody influenced all of us as believers have this incredible testimony of how someone has intersected our life. But here's another way I want to see you to see this. Is that, let's, I'm just going to draw a baseball diamond. Who's watching the World Series right now? Anybody watching the World Series? Okay, you and I. All right. Okay, we're watching, oh, there, my wife. Yes, we watched it together until you left because you were tired, but... <laughs> In the World Series. We're watching some really good baseball right now. And there's home base. And then you got over here first base. And then you got second base. Everybody knows this, I hope. Then you got third base. And then you got home. This particular campaign that we just walk through illustrates the five purposes. The pitching mound is the idea of the magnification or the worship aspect of it. Everything delivers out of the pitching mound. It's all for the glory of God. The base is where we start off and we, we uh, get in there with the bat. We use our faith and we move down the baseline and we go to here where we learn about What Jesus has done for us, we receive what Christ has done for us, and we join in a fellowship with each other. That is what we've just seen in baptism right here. This base, though, comes out of the principle, the first call, which was you are called to be loved by God. But then you have to ask yourself, if I'm called to be loved by God, is that call not upon all of the world? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So this call of being loved is not just a base here. It's not just one call. It's a foundation that expresses itself through all of the other calls. Because I'm called to be love, I respond to the call to belong. And in that I find a practical expression of the love of God in my life. I'm completing something at every base. So the love of God in my life. Is Taking me around the basis that I'm completing His love in my life at this commitment, this commitment, this commitment, and in this practice. All of these practices, you cannot even deepen your love for God or live comfortably within His love for you without this progression. But let's play baseball this way. Brent's already talked about it. Let's just take this out. There is no home base. I don't know what the batter does. I don't even know how you get the first base. If you don't don't have home base, well, why do you need a pitching mound? You don't need a pitching mound. There's nobody to pitch to. And if you don't have that, then you have this funny idea of belonging that's not koinonia. Koinonia is a Greek word that basically has this, it's a spiritual fellowship, that, communion that you are in. You can't have that really because this has to have the full expression of being loved by God. I step up to the plate because I accept God's love. I'm in your game. See, instead of thinking baseball now, and everybody who loves baseball will like this, let's just think of it as God's game. So what is God's game? He's saying there's a home base. I want you, I want you to accept the fact that I love you unconditionally. I made you to love you. And now out of that, Would you stand at this base and pick up the bat and let's get moving forward with the purpose and the meaning of your life? Because the purpose of your life is to pick up the bat, face the pitch, when the pitch comes, hit the ball, get to first. Belong now. That's how you are wired for. It's a basic need to belong. Now I'm wired also to grow. I want to grow, I want to challenge, I want the inner growth, and I want external growth in the habits, I want inner change. I'm getting serious about my life. I want this, and so I get here no matter what I gotta do. And you're always gonna have somebody trying to throw you out. You're always gonna have somebody trying to stop you. And then he wants you to move over to service, which, by the way, They just did yesterday in a seminar and uh, people got some clarity about what that base looks like. We're given an opportunity uh, based on discovery of some indicators of their life to get committed. Committed to really be a part of service. This is the move right here. That every Christian is gonna struggle with. Do you struggle with that? You know that person that rescued me on the day that I was, you know, in deeper water. I needed to be in in a situation I couldn't get out of. What motivated them? What would be motivating them to come and to rescue at that time? What would motivate you if you're on the beach and you see a youngster out in the element and you go out there to rescue them? Why would you do that? Just think about the why for a second. Why would you do that? Maybe some of you are thinking, I don't know if I would do that. I think you would. And you have to look at the motivation about why that is because you are wired not just to live in, in, in a love and a receiving end, but you are wired to give love. You are wired to value others because the value that you place upon others is the same value that you'll place upon yourself. And your value also must be set by the value that God puts upon you in the fact that He actually created you to love you. So here we stand. We stand at the close of a campaign that has challenged you all the way through, and now comes this idea of mission the actual objective, the only thing right now that you that is locked and loaded in time and space and will not follow you into eternity but you can certainly by fulfilling mission be a part of other people's choices and influence towards eternity, you can bring healing and hope into this world it's not just a little cubicle that he's called you to live within, he's called you to live in the big love of God and the same God that loves you is got his love going on in everybody in this community, what is he he doing right now in your neighbor's life and your co-worker's life how is he expressing his love to them how is he revealing himself to them are you in tune with that are you are you looking for those connections to celebrate your faith to say man I know what you're talking about to really make a connection of love with them and recognize that God's already loving them it's not so hard I think the hardest part is that every one of these other bases, it can be about me. It can become about me. I like fellowship. I like building these kinds of relationships. I really enjoy learning, and I enjoy the aspect of you know self-challenge and growing better. I like serving. There's there's a great return on serving. You do something good for somebody and you know you just see them light up and it just feels good. Feels good. But mission? Jesus came with a mission. The devil takes him out after 40 days of fasting. He meets him out in this wilderness area desert. And what does he do? Thames him with three temptations specifically geared at keeping Jesus from fulfilling his mission. Every one of them had to do with compromising this base. Why? Because When you build the right commitments into your life, you become a powerhouse where God is able to connect the love that he brought to you with the love he has for others and nothing gets in the way. It's now a love-driven relationship at work and his love is different than your love. See, we love in slices. Think about that. We even say this I like this about her I like this about him That's just loving in slices I like people like this I really love people that are like this You're loving in slices We do this constantly This is how we look at love But when it comes to the love of God he looks at only one thing the value that is set upon the human soul by the cross of jesus he says i'm sending my son for god so loved the world that he gave i'm sending my son by the way this is why often Christians get bored with their faith. Because the more that it's limited, or it's drawn at this base, or it's drawn at this base, or it's drawn at this base, base, you have halted the great adventure. You've taken out the objective. What's there to celebrate in a hockey game if there's no net? My, they skate beautifully. Let me just do a quick poll. I've always wanted to know the answer to this. How many here like hockey, to watch hockey? How many like it? Okay. How many here like to watch figure skating? Sad. (laughs) They skate so beautifully. You know, when I go out there skating and I don't have a stick in my hand, I feel naked. I mean, it's like, got to have a stick, got to have a puck, got to have a net. When I was a kid, we just set up a net. We destroyed the side of our house. It was one of those like stucco. You know what I mean? The old-time stucco. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about, you know? So, it would be we're just shooting the puck and and we'd even have a you know, a board maybe behind, but you know, you miss that, right? And you get these puck holes. All you know, all along the wall. Anybody else do that? How many how many grew up with dented garage doors? Okay? You guys know what I'm talking about. But if there's no net, where's the fund? You go out and just go You take the adventure out of your faith and you get bored because it's about you without completion. And you might say, oh, but you know, I, I really have really good Christian fellowship and I, and, I, and I get good knowledge up here and I'm serving here and here. If you don't attach every one of these to here, to the outcome, you took the net out of the game. And you're just exercising with no purpose. You know, through the years, this church has taken a lot of criticism because it's got a fourth base. We have a fourth base. We have a net. And it involves completing the love that God gave us. How can we stand on the shore and watch after even our own hands and body have been rescued from the deep? How would anybody find it somehow okay for us to, after being rescued in an accident, not help and bring the same thing that we've received? You can't call that love. It's true discipleship. True discipleship makes you complete the love of God, not just keep it. You must complete it. And to do that, you must love your neighbor as yourself. In the same love you give to yourself because you know that you need this from God is the same love, the very same love that you must give to your neighbor. Their value, you're saying, is equal to my value. They need rescue. I'm a part of that package because I've been rescued. Because Christ has brought me his love. Because it's the Father that has sent the Son and now sends us. We complete the love of God. I'm not going to go much longer with this today because it's such a simple thing. And in 401 next uh, Sunday afternoon, we will cover and help you learn how you can actually intentionally complete the love of God in your circles. How you can actually make that such a simple process. Just get over certain barriers and then learn how to connect with God's love as the connect point between you and others. Because the love of God has rescued you and the love of God is calling them. How can you go wrong? So the value of the human soul the love of God for us has to be completed in God's game and that is why he calls you to great fellowship and to great maturity and he calls you to great service and then he sends you out you are called to be sent see God is gathering a family that will love and live with him forever now, I know you've got some blanks there, and I know that you really want to fill them in. So, just for you, here you go, fill them in quickly. What does God want me to do then? Pray that people will say yes to God. Because when it comes to mission, you understand that everything beforehand is to support the strength of living and witness to the people around you. And so what you want to do is start with prayer. People around you should be an object of your prayers. Pray that God will, pray that people say yes to God and pray that God will open people's hearts and give them understanding of their position before God and and give them a sense of God's uh, revelation of his love for them and God open up their hearts and minds uh, to you. Second, give to help others go. Be a part of a church that's global. We have global work that goes on here. Three, listen for his message to me. Here's a great verse I want to take time to read in Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Listen for this message. I will tell you that I hear this message often. Now, often if I'm in a situation I might hear a little whisper from him just to extend some connection point to somebody that's, that's in my realm at that time and we connect with each other and for whatever reason God wants me to just make the connection four, go where I can go now mission is not you going overseas mission is you going home Going to your family, going to your children, going to your spouses, going to your extended family, going to your friends, going to your work associates. Now you can live a cut off Christianity in this realm right now, you can do it. You can go build a cabin in the woods and you can retreat from this world and you can get that in mindset too and that becomes your whole life. Rather than a break, it becomes the whole deal. You can withdraw from the challenges around you. You can withdraw from the realities of people's lives and what they're dealing with and the hopelessness with which they are engaging their relationships or engaging their lives. And you can withdraw from that because you see, those are compassion points. Those are love points. And we want to avoid this because we feel tired of this. And I want to encourage you as believers to once again refresh on the basis. It all starts with God And his purpose, a call of loving you. And then it's worked out in making you, what? Fishers of men. And that's why he's got you where he's got you. That's why people are around you. There's a a saying I just picked up. And I, I love it. I guess it's been around a while, but take, take, take a listen to this. We are judged by what we do. But we are haunted by what we don't do. It's every parent. Every spouse. I can live judged by the gracious God by what I do, because of his incredible grace. You can disconnect. You can park it on one of the comfortable bases for you, whatever's comfortable. Or you can finish the game. I don't want to live with being haunted by what I didn't do. Too much of that in my life. Gee, I wish I had. You don't need to be there. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And in this, you will find all of the law and the prophets fulfilled. Would you stand with me, please? Just a little moment as we pray for you to reflect. You know, the hardest thing is to kickstart something that has stopped. Because there's reasons it stopped. If I'm driving my car and it started fine in the morning but I'm driving and all of a sudden it stops for whatever reason, there seems like there's a weakness then. And I need to actually pay attention to that. It's harder to get it started again. It's harder to get a relationship started again. It started off, the gas pedal was working just fine. Steering, brakes, all is functional. But it seizes up. It's a breakdown. It's hard to get started again. It's hard to get started again when the finances have been decimated and it's Not a lot of bright light in that area. Because, you know, choices, management, stewardship, all the different things over maybe many years, but how do, you, how do you get started again? You know, it's always harder to get started again. We get stuck at one of these, and it's harder to get started. But I'll tell you, if you do not, The love that God brought to you has not completed itself in its meaning and purpose for making you fishers of men. Until it finds love for the neighbor in the same quality as you love yourself, you have a ways to go. But you must get started again. Refresh yourself with the moment that He rescued you from the deep water or took you out of the wreck. Refresh yourself with the goodness of the work of Jesus. Refresh yourself with the knowledge of the amazing grace that has lifted you from the quagmire. Refresh yourself with the beautiful water that washed off years of mud. Refresh yourself with the beauty of the work of God on your behalf. Now go and take the beauty and don't settle for anything less. Get started again. Father, as we bow our heads before you, we just have to just say thank you We are so grateful. We are grateful that you have rescued us by sending your son, Jesus. We are grateful that the cross, Lord, paid for my personal sins. I am grateful, I am grateful, Lord, that I am a new creation in Jesus Christ. I am thankful, Lord, That the grace continues to work in my flaws to bring healing and knowledge and growth and change to the glory of God. I am thankful, Lord, to be connected to people that love you like I love you and that we can share that with each other and be strong with each other. I thank you, Lord, that we get to serve together and walk together and, and help each other along and share the gifts, Lord, for strength of others. I thank you, Lord. But Lord, as we finish this today, I ask that in each one of our hearts there would be something transpire where we get started again and we get the net back in the game. And we go to the world, our world, our circles, where you placed us with the amazing beauty of Jesus with his literally our thanks and praise on our lips for him I pray that you give us Lord courage but even more than courage you would give us a sense of honor that our Christian faith is honorable courage and honor Lord And may the Jesus that we love, may his message be spread through those that disciple his causes and follow him. Bless this church, but only bless it, Lord, because it keeps the objectives in the game. Do not bless all of our fellowship. Do not bless all of our maturity. Do not bless all of our serving of one another, Lord, if it goes nowhere in this world. But bless it, Lord, because we need the strength of those to fulfill this call that you've sent us to. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to our program. If you find this broadcast to be helpful, please let us know. You can call us at 780 539 zero five seven two or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com